you know, in a way, one could feel jealous of Bilam. Not because of the person he was, but because of what he achieved. Bilam was a Novi. Bilam wasn't just a Novi. The Chazal say, in a way, second only to Moshe Rabbeinu. It says that in Kla Yisrael, there were no Novim like Moshe, but they come Novi Ovi Yisrael to Moshe. But, man, go everywhere. And that was Bilam. Now, I'm not jealous of Moshe. I understand that it was a lifetime of supreme dedication to Avodah Hashem that brought Moshe to the level he reached. And therefore, such levels of Tyra, of Kedusha, which are way beyond us. And therefore, we don't begin to compare ourselves. But Bilam was no tzaddik. As we see in the Psukim, Bilam, besides for being conceited, having bad middas, being involved in all kinds of avera, nevertheless, Bilam was zechut in How is that possible? And there's another point. If we look in the Torah, there are only two references directly to the time of Mashiach. There are a number of allusions maybe, but there are two direct references in the Torah to the time of Mashiach. The first one is the Psukim at the end of Hazinu, when Moshe is recounting how history is going to play out. And the Pasuk there says, Hashem says, Ki yati Hashem says, I will raise my hand to the heavens and I will swear that I'm based on my life which is forever. Hashem says, I'm going to take a bit of justice at hand, I'm going to destroy, I'm going to make my arrows drunk with blood. And my sword will eat flesh. And this is talking about the retribution Hashem will visit on the Goyim at the end of time, in the time of Mashiach. That's the one reference in the Torah to Mashiach. And the other clear reference in the Torah to Mashiach was uttered by Bilam. Dorach Koichov Miyakov. The star will shoot, will emerge from Yaakov. Or the Bazak Arthur, Vayerid Miyakov. There will come a descendant of Yaakov. He'll destroy the last survivors from the city. Another reference to the Mashiach. And once again, why was Bilam such a thing? How could he see Nevo? Somebody who had not prepared himself, somebody who wasn't on the level of anything connected to Ruchmias. How could he become a Nevo? There's a principle of the Maril Diskin, which is well known, so I'll say it a briefly. The Maril is explaining the Gemara of Basra. The, the Gemara is talking about the authorship of the 24 books of the Tanakh. And the, the Gemara says, Moshe, Kosav Sifrei, Musefer Bina. Moshe wrote his Sefer, that's the Torah we have, and the Sefer of Bina. What's the Sefer of Bilam? It means this week's Pasha. 
parasha of the brachas and the kodas, the parasha of Bina. So Moshe wrote that as well as the Torah. And the Maril, this can ask the question. Parashas Barak, Parashas Bilam is part of the Torah. So if we would say Moshe wrote the Torah, we have already incorporated, we have already discussed Parashas Bilam. Why does this need to be mentioned separately? And the answer? The Maril explains to us what it means that Moshe's Nebuah was different in level to the Nebuah of all the other Nebi. This is really a principle of Imunah. One of the 13 Animaimans of the Rambam is that Moshe's Nebuah was different to all the other Nebi. Why? So Chazal tell us, the other Nebim were shown a vision. They were given a message. But they had to use this language, their vocabulary, to transmit that message to Israel. They chose the words, how to say over what they had been given in the book. And therefore we find there's a certain style of speech we find in the words of Yeshaya Nabi. And when we come to Yechazkelah now, we find a different style of speech. It's not that Hashem speaks differently. It's rather every Nabi utilizes his talents and his eloquence to convey the message he heard. However, Moshe Rabbeinu was different. Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't given a message which he then had to use his linguistic skills to give to Klal Yisrael. Moshe was, so to speak, given the word of Hashem. And that's why the Gemara says that all the other Nevi'im used the language Koyam HaRashem. Koy the Chof in Lashon HaKodesh is a comparative, which would literally mean Hashem said like this. Because the Navi is using his words to say what Hashem said. Whereas Moshe uses the term Zehadavar. This is the word that Hashem said. It's letter perfect. It's accurate. It's exactly the words Hashem said. I want to show you an unbelievable deal in the Torah where you see exactly this point. When Hashem says himself what was unique about the way that he gave the word to Moshe as opposed to the other Nabi. In Hashem's own words to Aaron and Miriam, what was unique about the prophecy of Moshe? Hashem says in Pashas Balaishcha, Pe el Pe Adaber boy. I speak mouth to mouth with Moshe. And now I want to ask a question. I don't know if you ever thought about this. That's a very strange thing to say. If I'm speaking to you and I want to say I'm talking to you directly, I would not say I'm speaking mouth to mouth. I would say I'm speaking mouth to ear, if anything. I'm speaking that you should hear me. I'm not speaking to your mouth. And therefore, when Hashem is speaking to Moshe, why does Hashem say I'm speaking per el per, mouth to mouth? If you want to say we're speaking directly, then we can use the expression of the Torah itself in Bajas as a bracha. Hashem spoke to Moshe, ponim el ponim, face to face. That makes sense. 
Two people speaking are facing each other. But you don't speak per el peh. And what Hashem meant when He says this language, per el peh, is something much deeper. And that is, He wasn't giving Moshe a message which Moshe had to choose the words to repeat. Hashem was speaking from Moshe's mouth. In the words of Chazal, as if the Shechina spoke from Moshe's throat. Hashem gave Moshe the words to say. And therefore what Moshe said, B'Shem Hashem, was exact. With the words Hashem put in his mouth to say. That's called Peh El Peh. From Hashem's mouth, so to speak, to Moshe's mouth. And why did Moshe's Nebu have to be that accurate? Because Moshe's Nebu was Torah. And every letter, every extra verb or any missing, missing yud, we're going to learn halachas from. And if that's the case, the delivery has to be exactly what Hashem said. A be'erech. As so, so, something like this, similar to this, what Hashem said, wouldn't work. We wouldn't be able to derive halachas from something similar. And therefore the Torah has to be exactly the words of Hashem. This is also why no Novi can ever add to the Torah. Because no Novi, no prophet, had that level of clarity of Nebuah that could, that could transfer new halachas. Okay, so we've seen the uniqueness of the Nebuah of Moshe. And therefore, says Amaral Diskin, even parts of the Torah which weren't Featuring Moshe Rabbeinu. For example, the Hall of Chumash Barashas, which talk about events which happened before Moshe was born. And there was already a record of the events of Barashas. The Nisyanus of Avramovino, the, the wanderings of Yaakov, the success of Yitzchak, the Brachas and the Kalas. These words given to Moshe. These were given to the Amis. But nevertheless, when Moshe wrote it in the Torah, it added a new level of clarity to those prophecies. It's an interesting thing. But it means, when Moshe was told by Hashem to write the story of the Akedah, he was told the prophecy that Hashem gave Abraham at the time of the Akedah even more clearly than Abraham heard the message himself. Because Abram didn't have the words of Hashem given to him exactly like Moshe did. He was given the understanding of what Hashem wanted him to do. But when Hashem tells Moshe to write it in the Torah, Hashem tells Moshe exactly what to write. And therefore, so to speak, writing the story of the Avos is really part of the Chiddush of Moshe Rabbeinu. Because he was the one who crystallized it in the words that Hashem gave him to say. But there's an exception. The whole Torah was given to Moshe in the sense of Torah, of the words of Hashem themselves. With an exception. And the exception is Pashas Pilah. Pashas Pilah. Why? Because when Bilam was given the prophecy he was given, so the Torah tells us, Vayasim Hashem Dabar B'fi Bilam. Hashem put the words into Bilam's mouth. Bilam wasn't shown a vision 
and left to explain it, to interpret it. Bilam had the words of Hashem put into his mouth. And therefore, the words Bilam said were exactly the words Hashem gave him to say. And that's why the level, the prophecy of Bilam is compared to the prophecy of Moshe. Both of them were prophecy of the words Hashem said, as opposed to the message Hashem gave. Both of them, the words were put into their mouth. But there's a big difference. There's a big difference. Moshe achieved that level because of the greatness that he achieved. Moshe was able to see clearly what we call Aspaklari Hameira, and therefore the message was given to him clearly. Bilam also was able to repeat the words of Hashem, but it came from exactly the opposite reason. It's because Bilam was so tommy, so defiled, that there was no way he would be able to understand the message Hashem gave him. He would more likely willfully misinterpret it. And therefore, if Hashem was using Bilam to give a message, the only way Bilam would do so was if the words were put in his mouth in a way that he couldn't falsify them. And that's why Moshe wrote his Sefer. The whole Sefer Torah, which was given that clarity because it was the Sefer of Moshe and Sefer Bilam. Because the words Bilam said already had that level of clarity. They were already accurately the words that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him to say. However, not because Bilam was on a level. That's why the words that he put in his mouth. But nevertheless, we can ask the question, why was Bilam Zeichel for that? Why was Bilam Zeichel to be the one to give the book? So we see another nace in the parish. A nace which is seemingly unnecessary. And we have a rule. We have a concept of Hobbit Ritanach. Hashem doesn't change nature for nothing. Hashem doesn't do the incredible nisim that the final Tanakh if there's no reason for it. So let's look at an interesting story of Bashar's Bilam. And let's try and understand the reason. And that is when Bilam is journeying towards Moya. He's on his way in his attempt to curse the Jewish people. And his path gets blocked by a malach. And Bilam can't see the malach. Proof, if any, is needed of the level of tumor that Bilam was holding by. For a person who claims to see Hashem, it requires a much lower level to see a malach. And Bilam was not even able to see a malach. His donkey could see the malach. Not once, not twice, but three times. And eventually Bilam hits his donkey. And then a nice occurs of unbelievable proportions. Hashem opens the mouth of the donkey and the donkey starts to speak like a person. And the conversation is nothing that profound. It's an argument between the donkey and Bilam if he deserves to get hit or not. Why was this nace necessary? And if the donkey hadn't spoken? Either way around, at the end, the malach revealed himself to Bilam. 
So let the Malach already reveal himself to Bilam now and say, why did you hit your donkey? What is it necessary for the donkey to be able to speak? A nest of the magnitude of something which had to have been created specially in the last of the six days of creation because it was something new which otherwise would not exist within the framework of the creation. And the answer is that this was the message to Bilam. The donkey didn't achieve any great level. The donkey was not a chassid and a tzaddik and an anav and a yare who deserved to reach Nebuah. But if it was necessary, Hashem put words in the donkey's mouth. And if Hashem puts words in the donkey's mouth, the donkey can speak. And this was the message to Bedam. Bedam, you're going to see Nebuah. You're going to transmit Nebuah. Not because of the level you're on. Just like the donkey. The words will be put in your mouth and you're going to be the one to say them. And if that's the case, we have to ask the question. Why was such a Nebuah necessary? Why? And the answer. Maybe now is not the time to elaborate. But Bilam had a mission in life. And Bidam, maybe we can call him the archetype anti-Semite. His mission was to oppose Klal Yisrael. When it came to Mitzrayim, and Pari asked his three advisors what course of action to take against the Jewish people, Bidam was the one who championed persecuting them, punishing them. We'll see another amazing Gemara. The Gemara in Brachsan, the Kuftezayim. And the Gemara says over there that when Hashem gave the Torah, the world went into uproar. Hashem's voice caused the waters to rise. It split the forests. It caused a tremendous sound of the shofar which reverberated around the globe. As we say in the Perak of Nehidim, Kol Hashem Bakoyach, Kol Hashem Shever Arozim, Hashem's voice is with power, with fury. Hashem's voice can emit streams of fire. And says the Gemara, all the nations of the world work up trembling. What's going on? And the kings of the countries came en masse to ask Bilam, Bilam is this another Mabu which is coming to the world? Is a sign of the world beginning to disintegrate. And Bilam's answer no. Hashem la mabul yashin. Hashem already made the mabul and Hashem promised that he won't repeat the mabul. And if that's the case, so what are we seeing? And Bilam's answer Hashem oiz la amwayitin. Hashem is giving the Torah to his people. But it's an unusual word for the Torah. He could have said, Hashem Torah la'am when he's in. Why Hashem Oiz? Oiz means strength. Why is that the term I could have used to say that the Torah has been given to the Jewish people? Says the Masha an unbelievable thing. We would think that if the fact that Hashem is giving the Torah to the Jewish people and the whole world is aware of the tremendous power 
with which Hashem is bringing the Torah to the Jewish people, that size shows a certain greatness of the Jewish people. That size a certain preeminence, a certain chashivus, importance. Says the Ma'ashah, Bidam managed to describe that. Bidam near Gemara. The Gemara says that Klai Yisrael, Azim Sheba Umois, Klai Yisrael are the most brazen of the nations. And if not for the fact that they have the Torah, which reigns them in, there would be no country, no nation in the world which would be able to control them. So this is the Gemara. And therefore, Bidam says to the kings, who ask him, what's going on? What's this cataclysmic event which is happening in the world? And Bidam says to them, Hashem is giving the Torah to his people. Why? Hashem has to restrain them. There are people who are azim, brazen. And Hashem is to give them oiz, something which is equally powerful, so to speak, to rein them in. Even Matan Torah, Bidam mentioned, look at it with his iron rod, and see it as, a, so to speak, a certain chain, a leash on Kal Yisrael. And that's why the Pasuk Vindal, Hashem Yuvarech Hasanah Bashalim. If that's the case, people can be at peace with him. So Bidam, the Soyle of Kal Yisrael, the one who looks to discredit them, to punish them, and now is attempting to curse them, to annihilate them. Hashem says, You, Bilam, are going to be the one who's going to bless them. Why? And this is the principle we see in the Gemara of Erezayin of Kibbul. The Asid Lavi, when Hashem wants to re- reward the Jewish people for keeping the Torah, the nations are going to say, who's going to testify that the Jewish people kept the Torah? We can't testify about ourselves. So who's going to bear testimony? Who's going to be the one to testify that Kaisal was faithful to the Torah? Says the Gemara, Hashem will say, let Nebuchadnezzar come and testify. Let him bear evidence of Hananiah, Mishal, Vazariah, who defied him and returned to a furnace. Let Homan come and testify. Let Mordechai refuse to budge. Let the nations at the Dorish al Shmad, at the time of the Khurban and afterwards, the Romans and the mercenaries come and testify how Kleishal were Moise and Ephesh, sacrificed themselves to keep mitzvahs. And throughout history, let's add to that list. Let the Spanish inquisitors come and testify to the bravery of the people that they led to die at the stake and the Crusaders, and the Cossacks, and so many others. Let the Goyim be the ones to testify that Kaddish will kept the Torah. And this is a principle which had its beginnings over here. Bidam. Bidam, the one who always tries to discredit the Jews. Let him be the one to stand up and bear testimony to their greatness. And if we look at what Bidam says, more than its brachas, it's shavach. It's praise of Kaddish they're a nation who is mentioned by them, who lives alone. They're a nation who rises like a lion. They're a nation who will live and flourish and conquer everyone around them. Let Bilam be the one to say that. It's an amazing thing. Bilam signed his name, so to speak, left his mark in each of his brothers. 
If you look at, in, within the words of the bracha, you'll find the letters of the name Bilam. For an example, in the first bracha, when Bilam talks about the greatness of the Jewish people, and he says, Hey, am levadod yishkan. They're a nation who live alone. You take those four letters, am, the ayin, the mem, levadod, the lamin and the base. You get the letters of Bilam. In the second bracha, he saw no misdoing in Yaakov. Once again, take those of Amal and the base of Yaakov, you get those of Bilam. Let Bilam testify to the greatness of the Jewish people. And that brings us to the last point. We said there were two Nevi'im who foretold the Moshech. There was Moshe Rabbein and there was Bilam. But there's a very big difference between them. Moshe Rabbeinu foretells what Hashem is going to do in the time of Mashiach. Let's look at the Pasuk again. Ki esel shamayim yodi. Hashem, so I'll raise my hand to the heavens. V'amartich ha'anechi lo'elim. I'll say that I live forever. Im shanoisi berak charbi. I'm going to sharpen with lightning my sword. V'toichez b'mishpat yodi. I'm going to grasp mishpat justice in my hand. I will make my arrows drunk with blood, and my sword will eat flesh. Hashem is doing, Hashem is talking. Hashem is the one to wreak vengeance and to bring back on Israel. But if we look at Bilam's Nabo of Mashiach, he's talking about the person. There will be a descendant of Yaakov who will destroy the survivors in the city. A star will shoot out of Yaakov. Moshe spoke about HaKadosh Baruch Hu saving Kaisra. Bidam talks about the person. So to speak, the future Redeemer which comes from within the ranks of the Jewish people, the King of Melech HaMashiach. And it had to be like that. It had to be like that. The, just as we said, the evidence of the greatness of Kaisra will be Brought out by the Goyim, same thing, the Nevoah of the future greatness of the leader of Israel is going to come from the mouth of Bilam. It's going to be said over by the Goyim. Says the Gemara the Pasuk. The Goyim will be the aim, will come until the Emes of Israel. And that's what Bilam was needed for. Not because Bilam deserved Nebuah. The Nebuah he was given was similar to the words that she put in the mouth of his donkey. But Dafka, because he was the leader of the anti Yisrael camp, Dafka, because he was the one who stood up against Kali Yisrael, he was going to be the one to have to recount publicly their greatness. And as will be in the future of Karo, of all those who were opposed to Israel, the Nebuchadnezzars and the Homans, and the Romans and the Greeks, and all of their continue, the, those who continued that pattern throughout the generations, they are going to be the ones who are going to stand up in the future and relate the greatness of Israel. Because Dafka, when it's coming from the other side, from those who hated us and opposed us, then Yavoyev Yadabra Emes. 
they'll be the ones who it will be ring with the ring of truth their words about how Klai Yisrael really does deserve all the brachas which we will be zeichet to in the time of Mashiach.